Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. May the Lord open heaven over your life and shower His anointing, His grace, His power, and His goodness upon your life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and you want to teach us, train us, and anoint us, Lord. We want to know you. We want to know your ways and serve you, Lord. We come to you with a humble heart. We approach the throne of grace by faith. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this teaching. This is the fourth lesson in the series called Discovering My Calling. In the previous three lessons, we learned that we were created to serve the Lord and to do His will. And we need to find out what kind of person or what shape, S-H-A-P-E, that we have in our life, God has shaped us and designed us to be unique. We need to discover the spiritual gifts that we have, heart's desire, natural abilities, personality that we have, and experiences. In this lesson, we're going to learn about spiritual gifts together. There will be a few sessions concerning the spiritual gift. What the Bible says about spiritual gifts. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. We usually use the word spiritual gift, but in the New King James Version, the Bible says, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We call it spiritual gift because God gave this supernatural ability to us by grace. It's a gift. We don't buy it. We don't pay for it. We don't earn it. That's why we call it a gift, a spiritual gift. But it is also a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. What it means is that the Holy Spirit who lives inside us and anoint over us, manifest himself through us. Therefore, a manifestation of the Spirit or a spiritual gift is a supernatural God-given ability. This is the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit that happened through every born-again Christian. God gave this spiritual gifts to every born-again Christian at the time of their conversion to be used to minister to others and therefore to build up the body of Christ or the local church. God can give you more gifts later on, but you have at least one gift at the time you were born again. A lot of Christians are ignorant of spiritual gifts. The best way to learn about spiritual gifts is to get involved in ministry. 
is to pull up your sleeve and serve in a ministry. As you get into a ministry, you will find out what you are gifted at. You are not going to discover your gifts by just going through a list of spiritual gifts or by warming the seat in the church. A list of spiritual gifts just give us an overview of what the gifts are. But when we get involved in the ministry in a local church, we will have a better understanding of what our gifts are. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability. It's not natural, supernatural. It is different from a natural talent. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Once you get it, you get it. A lot of people do not know their gifts. We have got at least one gift after we were born again. We get to unwrap this gift. We need to find out the gift. Many of us have many, many gifts. We need to find all these gifts. When we were physically born, we did not know that we had five physical senses, hearing, feeling, taste, vision, and smell. But when we grow up, we figured out that we have an ability to smell, to hear, to feel, to see, and to taste. We have got it from birth, but we know it when we are more mature or we have been using them. This is the same as spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts must be used to build up others, not for yourself. God gives them to you so that you can build up the body of Christ. I would like to mention about 10 truths regarding spiritual gift here. 10 truths regarding manifestations of the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts. Number one, only believers have spiritual gifts. Non-believers do not have spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Only believers receive the manifestations of the Spirit or spiritual gifts from heaven. That is the first truth. The second truth, every Christian has at least one gift. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. For I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. So each Christian has at least one spiritual gift. You may have many spiritual gifts. I noticed that Many members of New Hope International Church have many spiritual gifts. Thank God for those gifts. The third truth, no one receives all the gifts. There are many spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible and no one in the whole universe, in the whole world, in all human history received all the gifts except the Lord Jesus Christ. He has all the gifts. He has the Spirit of God without measure. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 27 to 30. 
Now you are the body of Christ, members individually, and God has appointed this in the church: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer to all these questions is no. If a person received all the gifts, he would not need somebody else. God wants His children to depend on each other and honor one another. Nobody can say, "I am an island by myself. I do not need others. I do not need a church." No, we need one another. I need your gifts. You need my spiritual gifts. We need to serve together as a team, and bless one another, and work together to build the body, to save soul, to make disciple, and expand the kingdom of God. The fourth truth is, no single gift is given to everyone. You cannot say that the gift of teaching is given to everybody. No, God is the one who chooses what gift you're gonna get. First Corinthians chapter twelve verses twenty-nine to thirty: Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? God wants variety. That is the fourth truth concerning spiritual gifts. Five, the fifth truth: You cannot earn or work for spiritual gifts. You cannot pay for them. You cannot buy them. They are given to you by the grace and the will of God. Ephesians chapter four verse seven: But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Salvation is also a gift. Spiritual gifts are the gifts from God. He gave to us according to His plan, His will, and by His grace. What we need to do is to ask, to be faithful in using the gifts that we have now. As we are faithful in using the gifts that we have, God can add more measure. Or higher level of anointing or power of the gifts and more kinds of gifts into your life. I have served God for forty years, and I noticed that as time went by, and I have been faithful to the kingdom of God. God has given me more and more gifts, and the measure of the anointing or power of the gifts has increased as years went by. So that is the fifth truth. The sixth truth: the Holy Spirit decided what gifts you get. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse eleven. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills, not as man wills, not as you will, as the Holy Spirit wills. Gifts are sovereignly given by the Holy Spirit, by 
his decision. Our job is to be faithful in exercising the gift, using the gifts, and building the kingdom of God. Keep asking, and God make the decision. The seventh truth: the gifts that God gives to you are permanent. Romans chapter eleven verse twenty nine. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. We have got spiritual gifts for life. He does not take them away from us. Once you get the gifts, they stay with you until you leave this world. The problem is this: if you begin to sin, backslide, and use the gift for your own carnal desire and personal benefits. He will not take those gifts from you, but he will take you away from the church, so you cannot use the gift anymore. I have seen this in my life so many times that when a believer or a church leader sin against God, they don't want to repent. They keep using the gift in a wrong way for their own benefit. They abuse God's people. Eventually, they disappear. From the church, from the ministry, because God doesn't want anybody to hurt His people or to really offend His kingdom. The eighth truth: we are to develop the gifts God gives to us. First Timothy chapter four verse fourteen: Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of The hands of the leadership, spiritual gifts are given to us as a seed that can sprout and grow. It is like a muscle. The more you exercise a muscle, the stronger it gets. The more you use your gifts, your spiritual gifts, the stronger they get. You need to develop, exercise, and use the gifts that God has given to you. Faithfully, in faith, in love, the gifts gonna keep getting stronger and more anointed. Amen. So be faithful, develop the gift. The ninth truth: It is a sin to waste the gifts God gave you away. Don't waste the gifts of God away. First Corinthians chapter four verses one to two: Let a man so consider us. As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So God wants us to be faithful in exercising, using the gifts of God for building the church and the kingdom of God. We should not put the gifts of God in the ground. We should not ignore them. We should not. Forget about them. We should fully run the race and use the gifts that God has given to us faithfully to build the kingdom. Matthew chapter twenty-five, fourteen to thirty. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, 
and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, I like God to call you that way and call me that way. My good and faithful servant. We are faithful in using the talents and the spiritual gifts that he has given us. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. How wasting crops you did not plant and gathering crops you did not cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I have wasted crops I did not plant and gather crops I did not cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. From this story, we can see that our Lord expects us to discover our spiritual gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit and use them faithfully to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to build the local church and expand the kingdom of God. So please discover your spiritual gift and use everything that you have in your life. Your gifts, your money, your time, your talents, your property, everything that you have in your life to build the kingdom of God.
the tenth truth. Using our gifts will glorify God. Make me grow spiritually more. John 15:8 says, "By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples." When you bear fruit by using the talents and the gift God has given to you, you glorify Him. So you can see here that it's so important to live a life that pleases and glorifies God. God has given this manifestation of the Spirit or the gift of God to you and to me. We need to discover them and exercise them, use them, develop them. Faithfully run the race and do everything the best we can to glorify the Lord. Now let's look at the purpose of spiritual gifts. Number one, the spiritual gifts were given to us not for our own benefit, but for the benefits of others, to bless others, to build other people up, to help other people. First Peter chapter four verse ten. Each one of you, as a good manager of God's different gifts, must use for good of others the spiritual gift he has received from God. Don't have the attitude of using your gift for your own reputation, your own fame, your own success, your own money, and benefits. Use the gift to build other people, to bless other people. To build the kingdom of God, be careful not to have a wrong motive in using the gift. First Corinthians chapter twelve verse seven says, "But the manifestation of the Spirit, which is the gift of God, is given to each one for the profit of all." God wants us to use spiritual gift to bless the church, help the non-believers to come to know Christ, to make disciples. To heal the sick, to build other people up, you sow the seed of service. You sow the seed of blessing and love. You will reap it later on. So, make sure that you use the spiritual gifts to do good to other people. The second purpose of spiritual gift is to produce maturity and stability in our church. Family, Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven to fourteen, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carry about with every wind of doctrine, talking about the wrong doctrine, the idea of false teachers and the world system, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. My brother and sister, we exercise the gift for the benefit and the good of others. And number two, 
we realize that the gifts that God has given to us should be used to mature other people and to bring stability and blessing to other people. I would like to give you some cautions about spiritual gift. Number one, don't confuse spiritual gifts with natural talents. To be a good salesman is a vocational skill or ability, but to be an evangelist is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I can be a neurosurgeon, open somebody's skull and take the tumor out from the brain, or clip an aneurysm. That is my natural ability. But when I lay hand on the sick and they get healed, that is a spiritual gift. They get healed supernaturally, not by the surgeon's knife, not by medical method. Natural abilities are not spiritual gifts. You use your natural talents, skills, and ability to build the kingdom as well. And you also allow the Holy Spirit to manifest through you with a supernatural ability, healing, deliverance, teaching, preaching, evangelizing, help people. And you allow those gifts to flow through you to build the church. Number two, don't confuse gifts with the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit show my maturity. Gifts show my ministry. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You need to understand this. A Christian can have powerful spiritual gifts, but be spiritually immature. You get spiritual gifts at the moment you become a Christian. You may have a gift of teaching, but you may not have maturity to teach yet. You need to grow spiritually to grow in the spiritual fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. You need both the fruit and the gifts. This is why the Bible tells us not to appoint new believers or young believers or immature Christians to be pastors, teachers, and have the spiritual authority to grab the microphone and influence people. We need to give them some time to grow spiritually, to develop the fruit of the Spirit. This is the reason why don't rush to become a preacher, to become a pastor, or to really have the authority in the church. You are faithful, using your gift, helping people, developing the fruit of the Holy Spirit or life character in you, the spiritual maturity. Let God make decision when you will be appointed, when you will be used as the spiritual leader in the church. 
God wants both spiritual maturity and power in your life to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. So that is the second warnings. The third one: Don't confuse gifts with Christian roles. Pastoring is a spiritual gift. It is a supernatural ability to care for spiritual needs of other Christians. A role of being a pastor is different from the office of pastor. You may have a gift of pastor, even though you are not called a pastor in the church. And many pastors do not have the gift of pastoring, even though they are called a pastor. So you need to understand your role. You may not be gifted, but you serve God in that role. For example, I am not an evangelist by the gifts. I don't have the gift of being evangelist. I'm a pastor and teacher, but I have the role to evangelize. Therefore, when I meet non-Christian friends or patients or co-workers, I still need to tell them about Jesus and encourage them. To be born again, you see, I have the role of evangelizing to the non-believers, but I'm not an evangelist. You have a role to give tie to God, even though you may not have the gift of giving. You have a role to serve others, even though you may not have the gift of serving. You have to see the different things here. Christians should play the roles of being a good. Disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, but Christians should also discover their gifts and serve God fully with their gifts. Number four, be aware of the gift projection or tendency. What does it mean? Gift projection. It means you expect others to serve the way you do, and have similar result. And When they don't get the similar result and they don't serve the way you serve, you look down on them, you criticize them. You have to be careful. For example, Christians who have a gift of mercy may expect everybody else to be merciful, to be as merciful as they are. Christians with gifts of prophecy always confront others and tell them they are wrong. That is a wrong thing. You should not use the gift of prophecy to confront or to judge people. God gives you the word of prophecy to encourage people. You cannot expect other people to practice the gift of prophecy if they don't have it. Don't criticize them. People with gifts of prophecy may expect others to be as confrontative as they are. If people with the gift of mercy And those with the gift of prophecy are in the same group. They may misunderstand each other, because the manifestation of the gift of the spirit are different. People with the gift of mercy are kind, are gentle, and sensitive. People with the gift of prophecy may be very confrontative, speak directly to the person. We should not judge each other. Or compare each other. Christians who have a gift of administration may expect other people to be as organized as they are. 
they may say like this: "I cannot believe you are so messy." When a person with a gift of evangelism goes on an airplane, people tend to get saved all the time on the airplane. They bring thousands of people to church. Supernaturally, they can share Christ with other people. They may make other people feel guilty by saying, "Why don't you bring somebody to accept Christ?" You should not push your gift to somebody else. You should not judge other people who have different gifts and criticize them. Please don't do that. We should respect and honor one another and appreciate one another. Your brother and sister in the church have different gifts, and you don't have that gift, and you need to honor them, respect them, and appreciate them. Number five. The fifth warning: Don't think that your gift make you superior to other believers. First Corinthians twelve twenty one, and the eye cannot say to the hand, "I have no need of you." Nor again the head to the feet, "I have no need of you." Don't think that you have the gift of healing. You are superior to your pastor who don't have the gift of. Healing. Don't think that because you have the gift of teaching, you are superior to the brothers and sisters who have the gift of helps or the gift of serving. We should honor each other, appreciate one another, and build each other up, encourage one another instead of looking down on one another and lifting self up. Over other people, be careful. Okay, number six. We must realize that using our gifts without love is worthless. Using our gift without love is worthless. First Corinthians chapter thirteen verses one to three. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanking cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, the gift of giving, <laughs> but have not love, it profits me nothing. First Corinthians chapter thirteen talks about love. It is between chapter twelve and chapter fourteen, which talk about spiritual gift. In First Corinthians chapter twelve and fourteen, Paul talk about spiritual gift, and in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, he said that you should use your gift with love. My brothers and sisters, make sure you have spiritual maturity. And you walk in love, faith, kindness, mercy, long suffering. You should not just use the supernatural gifts alone. You mix the gift with love. Faith without love will not work. So please be careful. Number seven, you must realize that you have both a primary and a secondary ministry in your church. God wants. You and me to have both a primary and a secondary ministry. What does it mean here? Our primary ministry commitment 
should be in the area where we are gifted. For example, my primary ministry is to be a pastor and teacher. That is my primary ministry because I have the gift of pastoring and teaching. But I also have secondary ministry to serve in any area in the body of Christ. When the body need my ministry, for example, I don't have the gift of serving. I'm more of leadership, teaching, preaching, pastoring. But when I walk into the church and I saw some junk on the ground on the floor of the church, I need to have that secondary ministry. I pick them up, I throw them in the garbage can. I help to move the chair. Yesterday, I went to teach nine young people at the church building. I helped them to move the chair from one room to another room. I still have the secondary ministry that is to serve, to help, to give, to encourage people. I need to play the roles of believers. Amen. Primary ministry is related to the spiritual gifts you have. Secondary ministry is a life of service that show the roles of believers, even though you don't have the gifts to do that job. Titus chapter 3 verse 14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. So everybody should meet the needs of the body of Christ. If you see that there's some need coming up, you get involved to help by the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you're not gifted in an area for a ministry, you should do it when you are needed in that area. If you do not have a gift of mercy and somebody falls down, you should not think, I'm not gifted to help him. I'm not gifted in the area of mercy. And I want to walk away. I don't want to get involved. No, 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 no. God expects you to manifest all the gifts just a role in your local church. Some people have a gift of giving. They can make money and give it away to God's church and to the needy. That doesn't excuse all the rest of us from giving. You may not have a gift of giving, but you are called and commanded to give as a Christian, as a role of a Christian. All of you are called to teach in certain settings and situations. You may not be called to be a teacher. You are not gifted to be a teacher, but you still need to teach your children. You need to teach some young believer how to walk with God. You may not be called to be a leader in different settings and situations. But at different times, you may be called to encourage somebody. You use your mouth to encourage people, even though you may not have the gift of encouragement. You should not say, it is not my gift. Therefore, I do not encourage anybody. It's not my gift to lead. Therefore, I cannot lead these young people to Christ or to love God more. You should be willing to set up chairs because you are a servant of Christ, even though you may not have a gift of serving. When you are mature, you're willing to help, 
to serve others, to contribute, to give, to build the church up, even though you are not gifted in those areas. My brother and sister, I believe that this teaching helped you to understand the foundations of spiritual gifts, so that you will not get confused. You will not use the gifts in the wrong way, and you can discover your gifts and exercise your gift in the biblical way. Please listen to this teaching a few times. Maybe every year you listen to this teaching again every year to remind yourself how to walk in the manifestations of the Spirit with a right heart, in a godly way. So that you will not make mistake, and you can glorify the Lord by using your gift. God bless you, Father. Thank you so much for allowing us to learn all this truth from the Bible. And Lord, help us to discover our spiritual gifts. Help my brother and sister to find out what gifts they have, and give them more anointing. As they are faithful in exercising and using those gifts for the body of Christ, Lord, I pray, Father, you give them more grace, more power, more anointing, more understanding, more maturity. They will develop the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit in their life, Father. Bless them indeed. Use them to be the blessings to the nation. Use them, Lord, to build your church. To build your kingdom, expand your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. It's wonderful to learn about spiritual gifts. Please listen to the first three teachings of this series, and please come back to learn more the next teaching about spiritual gifts. Thank you so much for your valuable time, and I believe the Lord. Will lead you, guide you, use you, bless you, and you shall be the blessing to your local church. God bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www. dot newhopeinternationalchurch. dot com. 